Biological evolution is an accepted fact that informs pretty much everything about the way we as humans see ourselves and the whole of life. Chemicals came into being and gradually formed by natural processes into simple life forms which gradually developed into more complex life forms and here we are human beings as the pinnacle of a long drawn out process uh, only for the last 150 160,000 years or so have human beings of the modern type been living on the earth and even then, it's only in the last two to 3,000 years that human civilization has developed in the way that it is. So this is what we are taught in the schools. It's accepted as a fact. It's just a fact. <laughs> That's all. It's revolutionized uh, the, the whole way in which humans look at themselves and at the world around them. And there's so much evidence for it that only a few crackpots don't accept it. As far as humans are concerned, modern science tell us, tells us that an anatomically modern man has been around. Uh, it seems the figure now seems to be 160,000 years when I was going to school as a, in my childhood, it was less years and it gradually seems to be going back a little bit, but not that much. It, it, so science, yeah, it's science. It's right, science, right? Science means you follow the evidence. However, there is a book, this book. I'm going to talk about this book. It's called Forbidden Archaeology. According to this book, the scientific evidence supporting biological evolutionary theory, which states, informs us as a fact that humans of the modern type have been living on this earth only for 160,000 years is the present figure. The evidence has been fudged. That's a major claim. Now, I'm not a scientist, so you may reject this right from the start. So what do you know? But why should we reject it if there is a massive record in this book of over 900 pages of case after case after case after case, extensive evidence that human beings of the modern type have been living on this earth for many millions of years. That sounds impossible. Surely all the evidence is against that, but this book gives the evidence, record, records, dozens, maybe hundreds, scores, hundreds of incidences showing that human beings of the modern type have been living on this earth for many millions of years. This book is called Forbidden Archaeology. It was published 
1992. The authors are Michael Cremo and Richard Thompson. It was written in 1992, as I say, giving extensive evidence from different places all over the world of archaeological discoveries which indicate that the present narrative about biological evolution is severely flawed. And with, with so much scientific evidence offered, uh, it might have been expected that it would have opened discussion on the nature and treatment of evidence about human origins and the conclusion to which that evidence most reasonably leads, it should have provoked discussion. Controversy, yes, no doubt. Retrospectively, it's, it was, it's, might have been expected that it would be just brushed aside or ignored. Uh, but then the scientific community is exposed, and that will come out in due course of time, that they're not so scientific. It's their duty, the scientific community, it's the duty of the scientific community to present the truth of matters. And the truth is that there is a lot of evidence has been found not by the authors of this book. They haven't personally found it, but they have, pers they have found records, so many records in newspapers, in scientific journals of accredited scientists and others finding human bones, whole skeletons, artifacts in rock layers going back millions of years. Now, it is a fact that the authors of this book are followers of the Vedic Puranic tradition, as I myself uh, am attempting to be. And the Vedic Puranic tradition starts with the premise that life on this planet and within the, the universe has been existing since the beginning of the universe and that humans and human-type beings have existed for literally millions of years. So you may say, well, then it's, uh, this book is just to uphold some quasi-religious ideas which are not scientific. But definitely the impetus to compile this book came from the Vedic Puranic worldview, but it's not presented like that. It's, this book is presented dispassionately in a scientific manner, giving evidence. And it shows, this book shows, that if we take the entire history of archaeology, not the selected history, and if we look at the discoveries, we can see that over the, the past 200 years or so, archaeologists and other earth scientists have uncovered a vast body of evidence which is consistent 
with Vedic accounts of extreme human antiquity. That evidence comes from scientific journals and shows, for instance, anatomically modern human skeletal remains, human footprints, human artifacts, which shows, unless you want to try and explain it away, but the, the obvious conclusion is that humans, like ourselves, have inhabited the earth for hundreds of millions of years. And this just sounds fantastic. No, no, that can't be true. But then the evidence is there. Well, why isn't it well known? Why is this not out in the public sphere? Well, it is in the form of this book, but then it's forgotten or ignored. But now it's out there. Why is this not known? There is a process of knowledge filtering that operates in the supposedly scientific world. We can't blame all scientists because everyone is taught in the school, the college, the university that biological evolution as it is taught is a fact. Here's the evidence. And most students who go into the college, and even the professors, may not even know that there is or has been so much evidence to contradict the, the present theories because of this knowledge filter, which thins out, radically thins out the actual evidence. Any evidence that contradicts the Darwinian or neo-Darwinian theory of human evolution is just brushed aside, ignored, and, and just uh, forgotten or suppressed. Why would that be? Well, scientists don't even want to discuss this because they've so much invested in and so much attached to Darwinian evolutionary ideas. That's unscientific. To ignore the evidence is unscientific. The authors of this book state clearly that the idea that, well, previously the idea was that humans descended from apes, but that's changed nowadays. Uh, when I was at school, we descended from apes, but now the current theory is that we in human bodies and other apes like chimpanzees had a common ancestor which lived between eight and six million years ago. However, for this book, Forbidden Archaeology, it offers evidence, evidence, that apes, ape men, and humans appear to have all existed side by side for millions of years into the past. The idea of biological evolution, one major problem is that the fossil record is 
missing the transitional forms between the vast majority of species, and then evolutionists had to dream up some scheme called punctuated equilibrium to justify the lack of evidence. It's not science to accept the process of gradual evolution based on the scanty evidence for it and in the face of tremendous evidence against it. It's unscientific. From the evidence that has been collected by Michael Cremo and Richard Thompson, it should be clear that the now dominant assumptions about human origins need drastic revision. But we, we can't expect the scientific orthodoxy to accept this very easily because their whole worldview, the whole scientific edifice in many fields is built on this. And we hear it all the time. We see it all the time that human behavior uh, not only human behavior, the, the, the behavior of all different kinds of species and why this particular organ is there, how different species interact with it. And the reasons are given because of what happened in the past, our predecessors, because of evolution, uh, why do we believe, for instance, if we hear we're, we're walking in the woods and we hear some unusual sound and we immediately become afraid that there's some animal which is there to attack us, but actually it's not. It's some, maybe some branch fell off a tree. But we think that it must be an animal coming to attack us because our predecessors, they, were, they used to walk in the forest and, and there were so many wild animals. And so the, the humanoids that survived were those that were more likely to be afraid to take cognizance of any threats, real or imagined. Or we may hear some sound. We may see something shimmering and we think it's a ghost and it's just, it's our inbuilt mechanism because of evolution. And everything is explained in this way, human psychology. So there's so much invested in evolutionary theory. However, if evidence goes against evolutionary theory, if we're really to be scientific, we should not cling dogmatically to evolutionary theory. What's going on in the knowledge filter? Let's talk a bit about that, as I've learned from this book, Forbidden Archaeology. It's a double standard in how evidence is treated. There is unknown not only unknown to most people and denied by most scientists who are presented with it, or unscientific scientists, that there is a vast of amount of evidence that runs against current ideas on human evolution. However, this evidence has been suppressed, ignored, or forgotten. This book tells in detail how the evidence, even though it's 
good evidence, good in quality and in quantity also. It's been suppressed, ignored, forgotten. Suppressed. Yes, that is the word being used. Certain categories of evidence just disappear. The, the book gives many examples of evidence which is just killed. It, it's just not allowed to exist. One example they give, in the 1960s, anthropologists uncovered advanced stone tools at Huyatlaco, pardon my pronunciation, in Mexico. A geologist, Virginia Steen McIntyre, and other members of a team from the U.S. Geological Survey obtained for the site's implement-bearing layers, advanced stone tools in layers of rock which were dated 250,000 years ago, which challenges the whole standard pictures of human origins because the idea is that men capable of making the kind of tools found at Huyatlaco are not thought of to come into existence until, at the time this book was first written, 92, it was 100,000 years ago, now it's 160,000 years ago, but it was in Africa. So there could not possibly be, according to the standard picture of human origins, there could not be advanced stone tools made by humans 250,000 years ago in Mexico. So when this team headed by Virginia Steen McIntyre wanted to publish their, their study, what they'd found according to all scientific methods, when they wanted to publish it, they, they couldn't do it. She wrote, the problem as I see it is much bigger than Huyatlaco. It concerns the manipulation of scientific through the suppression of enigmatic data, data that challenges the prevailing mode of thinking. Huyatlaco certainly does that. <laughs> That's what's going on. Uh, she wrote, not being an anthropologist, I didn't realize the full significance of our dates back in 1973. Yeah, the the excavations started in 1960 and went through into the 1970s. Nor, she continued, nor how deeply woven into our thought the current theory of human evolution has become. Our work at Huyatlaco has been rejected by most archaeologists because it contradicts that theory, period. It contradicts the, th the evidence that you find should, if it contradicts the theory, lead to the theory being revisited. But what's happening is that the archaeologists and the anthropologists, they're so much committed to evolutionary theory, as it's presently known, that in any evidence, good, solid, scientific evidence unearthed by good, solid scientists, any evidence that contradicts that, they reject the evidence, and they reject the persons who find that evidence. There's nothing new. In 1880, as this book describes, 
the state geologist of California, J.D. Whitney, he published a lengthy review of, of advanced stone tools found in California gold mines. The, the miners, they weren't looking for arti ancient artifacts, but incidentally, they found them and the state geologist collected many of them. And he showed that there were spear points, stone mortars, and pestles found deep in mine shafts beneath thick, undisturbed layers of lava in formations that geologists now say are from 9 million to more than 55 million years old. And Whitney wrote that, well, that, that means that there must have been human beings in North America in very ancient times. You may say, well, that was in 1880. Well, how can we trust it? Well, Darwin's also wrote in the 19th century and his findings were trusted. The, the scientific method that was being used at the time is not vastly, it's the same basic scientific method as is used now. However, when uh, J.D. Witness published all of this evidence, of ancient humans, W. H. Holmes of the Smithsonian Institution responded, perhaps if Professor Whitney had fully appreciated the story of human evolution as it is understood today, he would have hesitated to announce the conclusions formulated, notwithstanding the imposing array of testimony with which he was confronted. In other words, if the facts disagree with the favored theory, then those facts, even any huge amount of them, the facts must be discarded. That's not science. Pilldown Man, maybe you heard of Pilldown Man, the fraud which was made in uh, 1912. Maybe you've heard of Pilldown Man, a paleoanthropological fraud in 1912, in which fossilized, or what was bone fragments were presented as the fossilized remains of previously unknown early humans at Piltdown in Southern England. And it was presented as, hey, look, this shows evolution, that modern man came out of Britain it's quite likely there was some uh, racial uh, idea there. They, we don't want to show that man came out of Africa. Man must have, Britain, man must have come out of Britain. Britain's the best country in the world, most advanced country, right? So this, it was a hoax, which was shown to be a hoax, even though it was doubted from the, there were doubting voices from the beginning, but it was happily embraced by the scientific orthodoxy that yes, this is a fact. Piltdown man shows a previously unknown early human, uh, but it took over 40 years. In 1953, the falsity of the hoax was defin definitively demonstrated. And only recently, in, only recently in 2016 was it established that the amateur archaeologist Charles Dawson 
was responsible for the fraudulent evidence. So this do, it doesn't in and of itself disprove the uh, evolutionary theory, but it shows that in the name of science, some very unscientific things can be propagated and accepted by the scientific orthodoxy, and that can go on for decades. This, this book offers evidence, again, evidence that's been published in scientific journals or has been unearthed but not allowed to be published, evidence from China, uh, Pliocene bones from Italy, from a middle Pliocene strata, estimated around 5 million years old, bones found in Carboniferous coal in Pennsylvania, human but modern human bones found in coal shafts in Pennsylvania, at least 286 million years old, capped off by two feet of slate rock, 90 feet below the surface. That wasn't a pill down, man. No one went and, and planted it there. Footprints of human-like bipedal creatures who lived in Carboniferous, Kentucky, as well as Pennsylvania and Missouri, flint tools from the Miocene period, 10 to 12 million years old, found in Burma, similar from even older uh, late Oligocene sands in Belgium, hundreds of, hundreds of metallic spheres, each with three parallel grooves running around their equator, found in recent decades by South African miners in Precambrian mineral deposits 2.8 billion years old. It's all in this book. Lots, lots and lots and more and more of this. So why is this not opening up a whole new discussion in the field of evolutionary theory and why, why is it not captured the imagination of the scientific orthodoxy What's going on is that certain scientific theories, and this is very much true for biological evolutionary theory, it, it has the status, it, it's like a dogma. And then when it's so widely accepted and it's, you can't question it at all, and then the possibilities of new research being conducted in that area, just there are no possibilities because we already know what's correct. This is it. And if you bring what appears to be evidence to contradict it, the evidence can't be right. Even when there's so much evidence thrown out. That means the evolutionary theory, it's a dogma. It's not science. And there's no room for new theories. This is it. We know it's correct. If you don't believe it, you're wrong. Well, we happen to have evidence that the theory is wrong. No. Out. Not allowed. And those who try to show this evidence, then they're, they're thrown out also. You're not... You may have all academic credentials. You may have done your investigations without 
deliberately trying to go against the scientific status quo, but you just follow the facts or follow the evidence to where it takes you. But then where does it take you? It takes you right out of your job, right out of your tenure, right out of academia. You're just become a subject of ridicule just for being scientific. So who wants to do that? You're pushing against the collective unconscious, uh, the, the entrenched prejudice of powerful persons in academia. Uh, so you can't expect any help from those who are supposed to be scientific, rather they'll bash you. So it's not an easy task to go against the scientific orthodoxy, even though, as this book shows, the scientific orthodoxy in this area is seriously wrong. It's not easy to go up against the establishment. How many people have the, the character or the time or the funds or whatever else is required to push this theory through? And then it's just a few here and there, and then others bash them. You see, we, we are in the majority. We know what's right. And even though these persons, uh, they've brought so-called evidence, but they're just one or two crackpots. It's easy just to dismiss them as crackpots because the established opinion, it's established, uh, biological evolutionary theory, is established as a fact. But the, the actual facts go against it. Uh, but, and it's not given the proper consideration that it really deserves. This isn't some cheap conspiracy theory. Cremo and Thompson spent eight years studying records from all over the world, just collecting the evidence. And what they found is, or they brought together an exhaustive record of practically all the fossil finds ever made anywhere. And they brought it all together, whether or not those fossil finds fit the current establishment scientific theories. They really did put a lot of work into it. They, they, no one ever did that before. Actually, it should be compulsory reading for every beginning, biology, archaeology, anthropology, student. Uh, there are so many anomalies which they point out. Well, there are only anomalies according to modern theories. That so many... So many researchers, they point out, so many. And unless every single one of these finds is incorrectly dated, incorrectly documented, incorrectly observed, incorrectly interpreted, then man's present scientific theories of his own origins should be radically reassessed. If only one human fossil or human artifact of the 50 or so meticulously documented and discussed finds from the Miocene or early Pliocene periods, if only one of them is correctly dated, then everything concerning the theories of human origins is up for radical reassessment. 
but the evidence that's shown, it, 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 it's not just some vague things, but there's a large body of evidence that on face value should be considered fully credible. So, but what's going on? Why, why then is it not given the credit that it's due? Well, habituated mind patterns, that what happens is evidence that contradicts the established theory is subjected to such excruciating standards that if there's any slight possible doubt or, or even it, it may be insidious, they say, well, actually these people are motive. They made these discoveries, but actually they're lying. It's some way or other, the, 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 such discoveries are rejected or forgotten or dismissed. Whereas so-called evidence for the present theories may not be very strong, but it's accepted. Yes, 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 yes. What's going on probably is that or one factor may be is that those who subscribe to present theories of biological evolution, they don't want to cede any ground to creationists because there are creationists who insist that the world was created in the year 4004 BC. So, what we, what's going on in both cases, there are preconceived opinions. We have creationists, young earth creationists who think that the earth is only, only created 4,004 plus 2023, 20, just over 6,000 years ago. And on the other side, we have the scientific orthodoxy who they think if well if we if we let go of our present theory then we have to cede to this creationism the young earth creation theory but no there's a third way also you can read about it in this book it presents its information it's scholarly but it's readable it's logical coherent uh, it it it's not dogmatic uh, it's thorough it doesn't press data into the service of any particular doctrine, but the, the, the facts are presented and left to tell their own story. We have words like possible and not sure, which are used quite commonly. It's an intellectually honest book. Cremo and Thompson have given the evidence, and they've given evidence of how the evidence is consciously and unconsciously suppressed. And it is evidence that biological evolutionary theory, as it is presently known, is seriously, seriously, seriously flawed and needs complete reassessment. Later, a summary of this book was published, The Hidden History of the Human Race. You can look it up. 
get the book, see for yourself, don't accept what I say. Uh, and if you have any comments on this, if you want to rubbish it, if you have any queries, don't ask me. I'm not the expert. You can ask the author. One, Richard Thompson has gone to meet his creator. Michael Cremo is still very active in the world, propagating this. It's an uphill struggle because most people just don't want to hear it. But the facts have to speak for themselves, and in due course of time, they will. You may wonder what I'm doing as a religious person. Obviously, I'm a monk from my dress. Why, why, why am I doing this? Why, why am I even talking about this? Well, we're interested also, not in dogmas, but in truth. And the biological evolutionary theory clearly runs contrary to the actual truth. Myself, uh, being a follower of the Vedic Puranic tradition, in the uh, Krishna Vaishnav tradition, uh, we accept creationism, not in the same way as Christians or Muslims do. And although many Christians today accept evolutionary theory, but then many atheists rightly say that, well, if we have evolutionary theory and Big Bang, then we don't need God in the equation at all. So this theory has and continues to attack the theistic reality that there is God in control that everything has a, an ultimate source. It's not, what we're looking at in biological evolutionary theory is materialism. The presupposition that there is nothing beyond matter. That this is a major obstruction in theistic understanding. And there is scientific evidence against it which should be considered. And this talk obviously is not going to change the world, but uh, it's little contri little contribution to bringing this out and uh, my personal note of appreciation to Michael Cremo and Richard Thompson for doing this work. Hare Krishna. Vancha kalpa tarubhyas chaki pasa nubhyavacha. Patitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnavi.